I think if we're going to worship God in his fullness, Mm -hmm. then we have a responsibility as worship planners, as songwriters. Maybe there are people listening who write songs or who uh, evaluate songs for their congregation. It doesn't matter whether you're a volunteer or if it's your vocation. You got to think through the representation of God, Father, Son, and Spirit in everything that we sing. Welcome back to another episode of Hymn Partial, the podcast where we talk all things church music. I'm Cara Devereaux. And I'm Monet Funke. And today's episode will feature a very special guest, hymn expert and doctoral student, Mr. DJ Bowles. We will talk about the Trinity, the importance of singing to the triune God, and get some really helpful insights into why some traditions shy away from addressing God this way in praise. But before we dig into this very interview we want to thank you all for bearing with us while we were on hiatus there were some exciting developments in the Funke house that required their full attention however for those of you who have signed up for our the hiatus has not been as long as you've received some fun replay emails including bonus pen that we didn't send the first time around so another reason to make sure you head over to himpartial.com and sign up for our free once a week Totally awesome and definitely not spam newsletter. Otherwise, you're just not going to know what's going on. We will always notify you there to let you know what's happening. And if you're watching us on YouTube, make sure you hit subscribe and make sure you click the little bell in the corner um, so that you are notified when we upload new episodes. So our next guest is joining us from the great state of Texas. DJ Bulls is a self-described hymnophile and has the credentials to back it up. He runs the fun Instagram account, Hymnstagram, with two M's at the end, and is one of the owners and publishers at Fearless For You Music. He's also the musical editor for Timeless Salter Project, something we definitely want to get you back on here to talk about at a later date. Um, He has served for almost 20 years in the Churches of Christ in Atlanta, Dallas-Fort Worth, and is now preaching at a church in Gilmer, Texas. DJ Bulls has degrees in Bible and church music and is finishing his PhD with his dissertation on the subject of Trinity in the Hymnity of Churches of Christ. I think I got that right. Um, He is the proud husband to Megan of nearly 15 years and father to Mackenzie. DJ Bulls, welcome to the show. Hey, great to be with you guys. Thanks for having me. Appreciate what you're doing. Thank you. It's always a pleasure to have someone else on here talking except for us. (laughs) (laughs) Someone who knows what they're talking about. Yeah, Yeah, we're so thrilled to have you. Um, It was actually you that raised the idea when we published our episode on Glory Be to God the Father, um, which actually sparked an interesting conversation around hymns proclaiming the Trinity. Um, You said to us you'd love to be a resource. So <laughs> we called your bluff and uh, right. here you are. So, um, so prove it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, not quite, but <laughs> uh, so as a start, mm. let's just define our terms. So I know this is a big, broad, mind blowing subject, but when we speak of the Trinity, kind of what are we actually talking about? Well, you know, like you said, it, it, it's really easy to uh, get lost in the high grass and, and the tall weeds when we start talking about the Trinity. I mean, there are, you know, terms and and big 
big hairy discussions <laughs> that have been controversial about ontological trinity, imminent trinity. I, I don't really want to get into those weeds, yeah. but um, because those are those are whole other discussions. Yeah. Um, but I, I think the, the the essence is one God, three co-eternal persons, Father, Son, and Spirit, distinct persons, but one substance. Um, sometimes you hear the the word Godhead mm -hmm. used um, to talk about the Godhead three in one. Mm -hmm. um, that that's that's my definition. Yeah. Um, I, I don't think for us as as much thinking in terms of Trinitarian hymnody and Christian hymnody that getting into you know is there a hierarchy between the <laughs> members of the Trinity? You know, I, I just. I don't think that is necessarily the most important factor for this discussion. Matter of fact, I think that's secondary. Yeah. Uh, the more important thing being one God, three persons, mm -hmm. three in one, co-eternal. Maybe even you use the word consubstantial, mm -hmm. um, one substance, one essence, three distinct persons. Yeah. That's that's it for me as far as defining that. Um, yeah, I think that's very important to define that because at the start, you know, you know, we might get some, you know, some controversy in the comments, you know, it's like, well, what are you talking about when you talk about the Trinity? One God, three yeah. persons. I think that's as simple as we can say it. And I think, um, I think scripture backs that up. That's what we believe. So, I mean, it's defined, but why is it important that we sing about the triune God or sing towards the truth of the Bible in regards to the Trinity? Well, and that sort of opens its own can of worms because guess what? The Trinity is not in the word Trinity is not in scripture, mm -hmm. you know? And so, you know, coming from my tradition, which is churches of Christ, sometimes it's called the restoration movement, American restoration movement, Alexander Campbell, um, Thomas Campbell, mm -hmm. Barton W. Stone, churches of Christ, often known as, oh yeah, that weird group that doesn't use any instruments in their worship. They sing... <laughs> acapella. Um, but, you know, in, in our tradition, you know, when the restoration movement was started, there, there was a very, very big deal about, you know what, let's let the, let, let the Bible and let scripture be our only filter. Mm. Uh, we don't want to use anything else. Mm -hmm. We don't want to use extra biblical creeds or mottos or slogans to be the things that determine who we are and what we do. Mm -hmm. Um, and so because of that, the word Trinity is not in scripture. Mm -hmm. So for those early movement founders, they had to, um, to really digest and discern, okay, well, I grew up a good new light Presbyterian, mm. you know, and I was raised and reared and cut my teeth on the London confession of faith, which is without a doubt, Orthodox Trinitarian. Mm. Um, it, it's very clear. And so how do I, believing all that I believe about the Trinity and my upbringing, go back to the Bible as being the only filter and, and work through that? Yeah. And so I, I say all that to, to, to set this up because I do think it's absolutely important that we sing mm -hmm. to the Trinity, to God, Father, Son, and Spirit, mm -hmm. because it's really easy. Well, number one, it's important because that's who God is. Yes. Um, I think we all absolutely agree that God, Father, Son, and Spirit is there in Scripture. It's clearly worthy of the worship that we bring, mm -hmm. worthy of our song, worthy of our offering. 
um, but it's very easy. And it doesn't matter what what flavor of of Christianity you come <laughs> from, if I can use that term sort of colloquial. We'll allow it. <laughs> um, it doesn't matter what flavor you come from. It's easy for worship to become uh, narrow or myopic. Mm. It's what, what I mean, j- just like when we're choosing uh, music for our worship gatherings, we try to select different styles. We try to select different different emotions, different songs and texts, you know, that are vertical to God and edification and um, encouraging to each other, all of those balance. We have to also be careful and discerning to be sure that we're selecting songs and texts that address the full representation of God. Mm -hmm. Um, There's been some great research done um, by um, some, some scholars and, in in contemporary worship music, especially CCLI, which is sort of the U.S. Mm-hmm. based international copyright governing organization, yep. um, about you know the the language of of worship music, mm-hmm. um, but the full representation of God in that we need to sing songs to the Father, to the Son, to the Spirit mm-hmm. about God, about the Father, about the Son, about the Spirit, because it's really easy to just look back and say, oh, wow, we went with all Jesus songs yeah. today or all Father songs mm. today or all just generic God yeah. songs today. I, I think if we're going to worship God in his fullness, mm-hmm. then we have a responsibility as worship planners, as songwriters. Maybe there are people listening who write songs mm-hmm. or who uh, evaluate songs for their congregation. It doesn't matter whether you're a volunteer or if it's your vocation. You, you got to think through the representation of God, Father, Son, and Spirit in everything that we sing. Mm-hmm. Long answer, I know, but no. um, so important. Absolutely. I think we, we've mentioned it a few times um, in regards to how some of our uh, traditional hymns, thing, you know, hymns that are four or five hundred years old, um, will get picked up by the Mormon church and sung by the like Mormon tabernacle choir. And that's that's troubling um, because, you know, we, we consider them good, you know, hearty hymns that are speaking of the faith that we hold you know, that is seen in scripture. However, so do the Mormons. And that's troubling. Yeah. We go, wait a minute. Well, how, how can that be? That's not to discredit the writers of those hymns. It just means that it, they seem to have gotten caught in that trap of, you know, maybe being too generic about who God is and therefore making it a more universally accepted song of praise. Um, so yeah, definitely. I think that, that answer nails it for me. Cara, did you? And, and I think there, there is a whole rabbit hole, you know, um, and I, and I had a note, you know, a lot of some of the, well, I shouldn't say a lot, a good chunk of the research that I have done in, in related to the Trinity has to do within our movement, you know, because we had so many people on the front end of our movements founding in the late 1700s, early 1800s with such an aversion to using the word Trinity mm-hmm. because it wasn't in scripture. Mm-hmm that there was some editing mm-hmm. that happened of hymns. Uh-oh. You know, it's sort of the 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 opposite of what you said with, you know, the Mormons or Unitarians or, or even Christian science. Mm-hmm. Um, if you want to talk about different groups sort of adopting those hymns. Mm-hmm. And yeah, they they have taken some and edited them. Some they haven't. 
But, you know, one of one of the hymns that I'm sure we'll talk about uh, is Holy, 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 mm-hmm. you know, Reginald Heber. Um, and if you'll remind me, I've got a funny story uh, <laughs> about Reginald Heber in a book that I want to show you. Um, maybe one of the most broadly accepted hymns in all of Christian hymnody, mm. um, some person between 1855 and 1875, um, and it, I haven't found the source of this, uh, but I've narrowed it down, and I've got a, a good friend in California and I who are just trying to trace this down as far as we can get to figure out who changed it from God in three persons, blessed Trinity, to God over all and blessed eternally. Huh. I've seen that it's not, once. Yeah. In hymnal, and I remember looking at it and being like, what is this nonsense? <laughs> right, right. Well, sort, sort of on the converse, the, the hymnal that I grew up with had the edited version. And so the first time that I saw the correct version, mm-hmm. it was like, huh, hmm. what was whoever did this thinking? <laughs> and really... As little things like that as a, as a, a young person that kind of got me interested um, in church music. Yeah. You know, an, another one that, that has been edited is Come Thou Almighty King. Hmm. Um, sort of related to the Trinity are, you know, songs about the Spirit. Uh, and that is definitely an area where we're deficient, yeah. I think, mm-hmm. in terms of songs we have to sing about the Holy Spirit to the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a whole other discussion. Should we sing <laughs> to the Spirit? There's so many tangential rabbit holes that we could go down here. Um, but in addition to taking out the verse about the Comforter, someone changed um, to the Great One in Three to O Lord, our God, to Thee. Hmm. Um, and and that, that there is a whole ethical conversation yeah. to have there. Well. Who do you think you are yeah. to change somebody else's lyrics in the first place? I don't care if the text is anonymous or not. Mm-hmm. Um, you didn't write it. You don't have the right to edit it. That's just DJ's opinion. <laughs> DJ has strong opinions. It's all right. Um, it's something but, we've, we've mentioned before and and want to get into that discussion, not for this podcast, but definitely. Sure. Because it is, it is so common. It happens so yeah. often. Anyways, carry on. <laughs> No, no, that that that's all I, I was gonna say is just it's interesting that a couple of big big hymns which happen to be Trinitarian mm-hmm. are two that have been edited so often. Wow. Um, and I don't know if that's as big of a phenomenon in the UK as it is over here. Um, we don't we don't necessarily have the influence of like a hymns ancient and modern mm-hmm. type hymnal mm-hmm. that I would say is a, a broadly influential hymnal. Uh, as much in the U.S. as it is in the U.K., so I I don't know that maybe that's even another rabbit hole. <laughs> there are so many rabbit holes, and they're all so interesting. <laughs> I know, I know, and that's why I never get anything done. Um, but so, do we see any examples of hymns or poems in Scripture that do speak clearly about the Trinity or our Trinitarian God? Well, I I think yes. Um, and let me get there by saying, you know, the reason, you know, we want to have the presence of the full Trinity in worship is because, you know, the way God reveals himself to us is Trinitarian, mm-hmm. Father, Son, 
in spirit. When, when God sent Jesus, Jesus comes in the power of the spirit with the authority of the spirit. And we're, we're saved by the father through the son with the power of the Holy spirit. We're sent out in the power of the Holy spirit, you know, Mm. Acts chapter one, verse eight, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea. I love that verse. Mm. Um, the same way that God has reached out to us is the same way we reach back to him. It's Trinitarian, mm. um, or it should be. Mm. Um, through Christ, we all have access to the Father through one spirit. Mm. Um, so while you may not find that distilled into one, you know, John three seventeen mm. verse, you know, for lack of a better, uh, a better example. Um, I think there are some places, mm-hmm. um, just, just thinking about a, a few places. One of the first ones I thought of is at the end of, um, Ephesians two. Mm-hmm. Um, he talks about Jesus being our peace. And in Ephesians two, verse 18, he says, for through him, Christ, we have, we both have access to the father by the one spirit. And so while that may not be a Trinitarian hymn, um, it certainly has overtones uh, of that language, certainly Trinitarian language. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you could, you could go to some of the, the places where we often go. And really even Ephesians 2, 14 through 18 um, has pieces that sound hymnic. Mm. Um, I use a lot of words that may not be common. <laughs> Maybe they're made up words. That's fine. Um Colossians 1, 15 through 20 um, is sometimes referred to as one of the Christ hymns, mm-hmm. just like Philippians 2, 5 through 11. These, verse, these verses that kind of have this U shape mm-hmm. um, in talking about the process of God sending Jesus, Jesus dwelling among mankind, uh, being back at the right hand of the Father. But at the end of Colossians 1, 15 through 20 in verse 19. And I think this is the key phrase we have to listen for in places like this. Um, For in him, talking about Jesus, all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell. All the fullness of God. Mm -hmm. And if Jesus is the representation of that, you know, it's, it's, it's in essence, God, father, son, and spirit. I mean, that is the fullness Mm. Of God, wow. um, um, this this may be a little different uh, approach to that question that that you asked me, um, Cara. But I, but I find it in, in so many of these texts. Hebrews is one of my favorite books. I I preached it the, the very first time I I started preaching here in Gilmer. I preached Hebrews for like six months, and I felt like I could have gone for another year. My you know? previous pastor um, spent two years years in Hebrews and it was like my favorite sermon series ever. God bless him. God bless him. Um, because I, I always go back to Hebrews and I think of the first four verses of Hebrews one as another hymn. Mm. Um, in, in these last days, God has spoken to us, um, to our ancestors in many and various ways. But in these last days, he has spoken to us through his son, through whom he appointed heir of all things through whom he also created the worlds. And guess what phrase follows that in verse three? He is the reflection of God's glory and the exact imprint of God's very being. So uh, you you can't separate, mm-hmm. at least in these Christ, Christ hymns mm-hmm. or, or hymnic passages in the New Testament, 
the way that they continually refer back to God and to Christ and, and the full representation of God's being. Sorry, my reminders are dinging on my <laughs> computer. I apologize. It's um, so I think, I think that is important to, to sort of set a scriptural basis mm-hmm. um, for this. And, and you could also yeah. go to, you know, the hymns of Revelation, you know, holy, 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 well, three holies. Mm-hmm. That sounds awfully Trinitarian, yeah. you know. Worthy is the Lamb. I mean, there's tons of places you could go to, yeah. and Old Testament places. I don't mean to sound, you know, like a New Testament only guy, mm-hmm. um, because the holy, holy, holy passages in like Isaiah six, mm-hmm. um, uh, the three holies. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, they're just there's all sorts of evidence to me that sounds Trinitarian, mm-hmm. uh, whether it you want to define it that way or not. Mm-hmm. So I, that's the way I would answer that question. Um, yeah. I, I think what you're saying is really, um, you know, we we definitely agree. I think it's it's one of those things that it makes you want to sing because you're reflecting mm. on who God is. And I think the natural response is to praise him. You're like, wow, you're yeah. you're this God. You're the God yeah. who is like the God who is described in all these passages that we've talked about and praise. Like, it's like you just, you just, I'm sorry, you just said something that reminded me of another thing. <laughs> who was, who is, who is to come. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's three. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, I mean, that's it. Like the, the God of the Bible, um, is described this way. Um, we know him as this Godhead, you know, um, and singing about him specifically, I think is, it's a natural thing when you, especially when you read these passages, you're just like, okay, I want to praise him, like, you know, specifically him, like, you know, um, mm. so yeah, those are my reflections on that, Kara. <laughs> Did you have No, any- it's great. I'm just loving soaking it in and listening. And it's yeah. really interesting how, you know, some people say, oh, the Trinity's not in the Bible. But as you've seen from those passages that you've just showed us, like if you want to worship the fullness of God, you you have to concede that the Trinity is is there yeah. all throughout scripture. Yeah, most definitely. Yeah. So I guess give us a lay of the land. You have behind you like hundreds of hymnals and <laughs> various books. Um, you, you, you obviously know your stuff. Are there many kind of... I guess, well-known Trinitarian hymns, or would you say that there is a gap in our hymnals in this particular area? Um, yes, there are some that are well-known, whether people recognize them as Trinitarian or not, Trinitarian or not, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think there is a gap. Mm-hmm. Um, and since, since we've already kind of, kind of talked about it, I would say the gap can be magnified um, by a few groups that have, um, taking an outspoken position either against a belief in the Trinity or avoiding the word because it's not in Scripture. We talked about um, Mormons. We talked about Unitarians. And obviously I'm coming from Churches of Christ, which have an aversion to or had early on an aversion to the word. And, and only now am I seeing amongst my uh, brothers and sisters and other congregations a beginning of reclaiming of that original language. Um but but yes, there are some that are very common. We already talked about Holy, 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 one of the most commonly found hymns since its publication. Um, God in three persons, Blessed Trinity. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are, I guess, a couple of ways we can define a, a Trinitarian hymn. 
I mean, there are those hymns that actually say the word Trinity. That is, mm. you know, they say the word mm-hmm. Trinity, and there aren't that many. Mm-hmm. Um, the one that immediately comes to my mind is Eternal Father, Strong to Save, um, which I think was written in the 1860s by William mm. Whitting or Whiting, however you, you say his name. And, and the last verse is, O Trinity of Love and Power. Mm-hmm. But that is set up by the first verse, Eternal Father, Strong to Save. The second verse, O Christ. Mm-hmm. The third verse, Most Holy Spirit. And the fourth verse, O Trinity. Mm-hmm. Um, so there are those those hymns that only address the Trinity. But I think that the true uh, Trinitarian hymns are those that speak to each member of the Trinity, and in some cases may have a a summative verse or, or concluding verse that addresses the Trinity, that addresses the Godhead, the three in one. Yeah. Um, uh, and so there's a couple of a couple of roads you can walk down there. The the, the obvious ones, you know, that come to your mind, the doxology, mm. um, 1674, uh, praise God from whom all blessings flow, praise Him all creatures here below, praise Him above ye heavenly host, praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Mm. I mean, it's, it doesn't get any more simpler yeah. than that formula. Or uh, you know that that one is some that's called the doxology, but there's the lesser doxology, the Gloria Patri, as it's sometimes called mm. with its Latin title. Mm-hmm. Um, glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now and ever shall be, world without end. Uh, amen. Oh, and that that goes back as as early as maybe even the late second, early third century. Mm-hmm. Um, um, others, you know, um, Horatius Bonar um, took that text mm-hmm. um, and expanded it into a, a hymn, another hymn. Glory be to God the Father, glory be to God the Son, glory be to God the Spirit, God Almighty, uh, three in one, mm-hmm. which is surprisingly a hymn that you don't see sung in in, in a whole lot of American hymnody. Mm. Um, it, it's got a number of tunes that it's associated with, but I mean, it doesn't get any clearer yeah. than the first verse outlining, boom, yeah. God the Father, boom, God the Son, boom, God the Spirit, boom, God, three in one. Mm-hmm. I mean, I like that. That That is... That is biblical yeah. um, and spiritually formative mm-hmm. at its finest. Mm-hmm. You know, if if as a child you grow up singing lyrics like that, mm-hmm. and then you, you what what your spirituality is being formed into is a thoroughly trinitarian grounding. Um, you know, and that's that's the way that we want we want people to cut their teeth on on biblical theology and spiritual formation. Yeah. And we talked about "Come Thou Almighty King," mm-hmm. um, um, King Jesus, Comforter, mm-hmm. a verse for the Word, um, and then um, a verse for the One and Three. Mm-hmm. That one's fun because it's nobody knows exactly who wrote that text. Oh, um, anonymous. Okay, um, which sort of shrouds it in mystery <laughs> a little bit. Um, <laughs> And and you know there there are others we could talk about because I because I know that you, it's probably a logical follow up question to say well what are some songs that we could sing yeah. <laughs> that are trinitarian so I'm sort of combining yeah. that question with with the question of what are the trinitarian hymns that are out there and yeah. kind of thinking uh, chronologically holy God we praise Thy name or holy God we praise Your name mm. um, is another one that that talks about all three um, plus the three in one. 
um, crown him with many crowns. Yes. Mm. Um, Matthew Bridges, 1851. Yeah. Um, crown him. Uh, then it talks about Jesus. Then it talks about the Lord of love, mm -hmm. the Lord of peace, the Lord of heaven. And in the fifth verse, depending on, I guess, what version of this hymn you've sung, you may have sung it. Um, crown him the Lord of heaven, one with the Father known, and the blessed spirit through him given from yonder triune throne. Um, triune throne are actually Bridges' original verse. words. And, and I, that was my hunch because yeah. I had never sung it either. And so I, I wanted to dangle it out there and see, you know, did you sing glorious throne? Well, I'm going to be singing sing it now. <laughs> triune throne, right? Go and demand. You should sing the original words. Um, triune throne. Um, yeah. And I don't know that I've seen, but maybe one hymnal that has that original lyric wow. in it. Um, I mean, again, all these things make you kind of wonder, Okay, who changed it? Who done it? Yeah, uh, and why and when? I think that's kind of um, like my my curiosity. I think we could set, you know, um, kind of cults of Christianity aside. I think in Orthodox Christianity, the crest, the question is, well, why are we? Why is there this gap in our hymnals in terms of um, speaking to God the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit? um, in, in our hymnals. And I don't know, I, I have a lot of guesses. <laughs> mm -hmm. I feel like my guesses are, you know, we tend to be quite Jesus centered, rightly so that's, there's nothing wrong with that. And we want to sing to the man who dwelt among us, you know, the, mm. that, that part of the Godhead, like we're really into him. Um, and then maybe God, the father has some emphasis as well in our traditions. Cause we're like, well, you know, he's the one who did the sending and he's, you know, he's, he's, he's sitting on the throne. It's Jesus at his right hand, you know? So he's like, he's the man, right. you know, we won't get into the hierarchy stuff, but right. I feel like speaking to God, like as he is presented in scripture, father, son, Holy spirit, we don't really have that maybe as, ex as explicit I guess we don't have to be explicit in every hymn, but it just seems like there is like a, like a small collection of songs where we're yeah. worshiping him for who he is, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. So I think that's where my curiosity lies. I don't know, Cara, if that's what you were thinking as well. Yes. Um, Actually, when you were saying about not knowing many hymns about the Holy Spirit, I was thinking of that Cooper hymn, uh, The Spirit Breathes Upon the Word and Brings mm. the Truth to Sight. It's oh, yeah. a great hymn. Ooh. Um, one, but one I wondered more if of maybe. Those William uh, Cooper gems that we don't sing enough of. Oh, I love Cooper so much. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I think like we have songs that address individual members, but a lot of songs will maybe have one verse where they kind of mention the trinity yeah. but it's it's not really the subject of the hymn mm -hmm. yeah and i think that's probably okay too um yeah. i think i think can another can another religion pick this up and sing it um and if they can then i feel like you know let's be more specific <laughs> but that's a that's a great question to ask and a great filter to use and honestly i'd never really thought about that yeah. Um, that, that's, that, that's a great question. Mm -hmm. the, the other thing that it raises is when we sing hymns, you know, it, it, it sort of becomes, you know, a, an off the cuff joke of, well, we'll just sing the first, second and last stanzas. Mm -hmm. Well, mm -hmm. when you do that on these hymns that tell a story, you're leaving out 
chapters. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you were an English teacher <laughs> trying to teach your kids, you know, I want you to read A Tale of Two Cities, but all I want you to read the first, second, and last <laughs> chapters of the book. I mean, number I, number one, I wish my English teacher in high school would have done yeah. that because I did not <laughs> like reading those books. But I would have missed a large chunk of the story. Yeah. And so maybe part of our discernment is, you know, when we sing these hymns that have more verses, mm-hmm. maybe we shouldn't be so quick to cut stanzas because they do tell a fuller picture. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that's something that's that's hard for worship planners. I mean, I've been there. Mm-hmm. You have an economy mm-hmm. of time yeah. that you have to use yeah. and cram as much into as you can. Mm-hmm. So you got to be selective and you got to cut here mm-hmm. and cut there. Um, but at some point, maybe the conversation in your mind you have with yourself is, you know, some things are are more worth keeping in than other things. Yeah. Um, I mean, we, we definitely at our church, we sing all the verses, well, all the verses that we know of, and that could be intense because there's, um, I'm thinking of a particular song that, um, was re, uh, what's the word? Arranged by um the guys at indelible grace mm. and it's like the i don't even think their recorded version has all the verses but our we at our church we sing all eight verses <laughs> and i think you know and <laughs> kevin kevin twit is a, is, a, is a good friend of mine so i'm going to shout out to kevin shout out. uh who will probably hear this at some point but <laughs> i'm so grateful for kevin and the folks at indelible yes. grace because yeah um they have reignited a passion Absolutely. for not only some older hymns, but some hymns that are brand new because mm-hmm. they've been, you know, unearthed yeah. um, from from places and sources mm-hmm. that needed to be unearthing. Yeah. Um, I especially think of writers like Anne Steele, um, who, um, yes. if it weren't if it weren't for people like Kevin Twitt, I wouldn't know, you know, about okay. her. She she went under the name Theodosius. Um, because, uh, there was, well, I don't even know all the stories, so I'm not even going to speculate, <laughs> but I'm guessing it had something to do with the fact that she was a woman, uh, um, and she didn't want to cause issue there. Maybe, I don't know. Kevin could answer that better than I yeah. can, but, but yes, yeah. indelible grace, yeah, such, such a, them. an important, important part of the, what I, I think we're experiencing, um, the beginnings or the middle of a hymn resurgence. Mm. Um, I think Indelible Grace is a huge part of that. Uh, I saw that um, you posted a, an episode about His Mercy is More. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, Matt Merker, yeah. Matt Papa, Matt Boswell, mm-hmm. the three Matts, yeah. the, the, the trinity of Matts. <laughs> um, but you add, you know, Sovereign Grace yeah. and Jordan Coughlin into there. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Keith and Kristen Getty. I mean, hello. Yeah. I mean, um, there, there is a rich new hymnody. Yeah experiencing right now that I think a hundred years from now, um, hymns like in Christ alone are going to be the amazing grace of the next generation. Very, very possible. And that's, that's our hope, honestly, because I think, you know, we're, we're all relatively young. So we have a, a different 
experience on different parts of the globe of like our church experience. I know in America, it's very different from the UK. In the UK, you talk about Scotland versus England. There's a whole, you know, cultural, culturally, there's so much uh, variance there. But I do think the things that we share is that like the 90s and the aughts were kind of a time where Christian music um, was it was almost like a label that you put on a song that was like okay mm-hmm. to sing at church, but not necessarily biblical. Um, and that's not throwing shade to songs that were written during that no. time. There's lots of great songs that were written during that time, but I do think kind of the popular movement moved away from kind of like rich scriptural, scripturally based songs. And you're just seeing, I think, the true church kind of lose their taste for that. I think that's, I think that's what you're saying. You're kind of, you're like, Oh yeah, I remember that song. We used to sing that. Why do we used to sing that? You know? (laughs) So. The, the, the words, the, the, the term that I have used and that I have heard others use is uh, disposable hymnody, (laughs) disposable worship music. That's awesome. (laughs) Um, I mean, it's unreal. We, we live in a time where Keith Getty and Stuart Townend can write a song in the morning and by that afternoon it's on Instagram and it's on YouTube. Mm. Um, and that goes for anybody. Yeah. I, I just throw those names out because I have such an affinity mm. for them. He, he, just just a few months ago, I discovered a, a version of The Lord's My Shepherd that Stuart Townend wrote in like 1990. Oh. Um, and, I mean, and it's, it's, it's a scripture song. Mm. I mean, you, you, there's nothing trite about mm. singing scripture. Mm. And anything that forces us to sing scripture, I think, is a gift, especially yeah. if it's a, a quality setting. Yeah. This, this beautiful echo hymn where the ladies uh, sing this echo on top of the men singing this chorus piece. I mean, it's really beautiful. Mm-hmm. Google it. Google Stuart Town in The Lord's My Shepherd, Psalm 23, and find it. Mm-hmm. And you can go to fearlessforyou.com <laughs> and find an arrangement of that. Um, but, shameless we plug, right? Sang that, we sang that in church the other week. All right. Oh, that's so we're fantastic. still singing it, but it's been a while actually. I haven't seen that one for for some time. I, I had never heard it, and and I don't remember how I came across it. It must have been totally by mistake. <laughs> but whenever I came across it, I stopped what I was doing and I immediately went and arranged it. And when I say I arranged it, because we are an a cappella tradition mm-hmm. in Churches of Christ, mm-hmm. we we sing things mm-hmm. in four part harmony. Mm-hmm. You know, not because. You know, Jesus gave some dictum somewhere that said, thou shalt sing in soprano, alto, tenor, and bass. Oh. Anybody that tells you that, I think, is <laughs> preaching a little bit of hogwash at you. Um, but I think there's something truly beautiful and authentic about the expression of the human voice. Yeah. You know, that's yeah. why I love it and I choose to do it. Yeah. Not because it's right, not because it's better than the way anybody mm-hmm. else does it, because I think it's an authentic expression. And there are lots of authentic expressions. Okay, I'm off my soapbox. <laughs> I'm stepping off my soapbox now. Um, but I stopped right then to make sure that I wrote that song down yeah. because it was worth singing. Yeah. Um, because it sang scripture. Wow. And uh, so it. thankful for the resurgence in in loving hymns. And you're right. Um, there is something about a hymn that fits on one or two pages that tells a story that's memorable, that gets in your ear, that transcends barriers of language, barriers of of geography. Um, it's one of the reasons why I think Teze worship is so, so popular right now. Mm. This little community in the north of France um, that sings very simple styles of music, okay. very appealing to people under the age of 30 mm. um, because it's 
simple, it's scriptural, and you might sing a song in six different languages. Wow. Um, just by repeating it over and over again, and the more and more you sing it, it seeps into your soul. Mm. I mean, it, I, I know that's not really related to what we were talking <laughs> about, but something worthy of, of exploration. Let me let me give two more hymns, and then I will shut my mouth. <laughs> um, because it is so easy to... Um, to sort of throw the beginnings of contemporary Christian music, contemporary worship music under the bus. Um, I want to point out, you know, one really important song um, from 1976 Mm. by a lady named Donna Adkins, Mm. Glorify Thy Name. Mm. Father, we love you. We worship and adore you. Glorify thy name in all the earth. Mm -hmm. Second verse only changes one word. Jesus, we love you, we worship and adore you. Third verse, Spirit. As simple as that song is, you have sung Father, you have sung Jesus, Mm -hmm. you have sung Spirit. Mm -hmm. There is power in that. It's simple. Yes, it is. It's repetitive. Yes, it is. There there are some repetitions that are worth repeating, others that aren't. (laughs) Um, But Glorify Thy Name, 1976, is one. And I realize we are casting broad strokes and missing other songs, too. Um, But but even fast forward, you know, 20 or 30 years to some early Chris Tomlin, Matt Redman Mm -hmm. stuff, How Great Is Our God, Mm -hmm. Um, uh, which is, you know, a modern quasi-modernized version of the old hymn, How Great Thou Art. Mm-hmm. Um, but the second part of that verse, a second verse, um, the Godhead three in one, mm-hmm. Father, Spirit, Son. Mm-hmm. Um, there, There is worth in singing that lyric. Yeah. How great is our God. Sing with me how great is our yeah. God. And all will see how great is our God. Uh, I, I think there's, there's power in that. Absolutely. And, and there are some modern... Postmodern, contemporary Christian, contemporary worship, whatever you want to call them, uh, writers who have included things about the Trinity amidst a sea of songs that are, you know, narrowly focused that are worth keeping. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, I think the song 10,000 Reasons is going to be one of those songs that's going to be powerful and stick around 100 years from now. Um, Psalm, Psalm 103, Psalm 107. Um, Especially the chorus, uh, you know, whether the verses stick around or not is is to be seen. Um, but the the pieces that sing scripture yeah. or sing thoroughly biblically scriptural ideas, yeah. they're, they're going to stick. Someone yeah. will rewrite reason. the verses. <laughs> yeah, maybe so. Uh, maybe so. That's excellent. Honestly, we definitely will have to have you back on to touch on some of these subjects because, you know, it's it's part of us just wanting to have someone who is more pastoral talk about these things rather than us. That's, that's, that's more our our hope and our goal. Um, But honestly, we've, we've touched on them a lot in our, in our episodes and we really want to dig into it. And you obviously have such a wealth of knowledge. So we're really, really grateful that you gave us your time today. Well, I'm, I'm happy to do it. Oh, (laughs) but we do have one more question for you and this is going to be really hard. I know it's going to be very difficult for you. (laughs) Oh boy! What is your favorite all-time hymn? Oh goodness! Well, it depends on the day, <laughs> depends on the time of day, depends on the season, <laughs> depends on what clothes I'm wearing, um, depends on what I sang the day before. You know. Yeah. Um, honestly, I, I love 
Come Thou Almighty King is one of my favorites. Um, maybe because I've tried really, really hard everywhere I've been to make sure we sing those original lyrics. <laughs> and so it has just wormed its way into my heart. That's great. Um, and so I love that, but I can't just give you one. Um, <laughs> I would have to say, uh, come thou fount of every blessing. Nice. saying that yesterday. Prone to wander, Lord, I feel it. Mm. Prone to leave the God I love. Oh, yes. that is a lyric. Plug. We have um, a whole episode on that. So if you haven't heard it, you should definitely check it out. <laughs> boom. I, I think I saw, I saw that and listened to part of it. I'll need to go back and listen um, to all of it. But. But but there are also some modern things, you know. I think "In Christ Alone" is one of my favorites. Yeah. Um, for obvious obvious reasons. I mean, it's just it's a powerful song that, you know, the, one of the first times I heard that song, I thought, "Wow, this is this tells the whole story," mm. you know, in four verses. It's like it's like realizing, "Oh wow, Man of Sorrows, what a name!" Mm. Tells the entire story of Jesus mm. in five verses mm. that are only two lines each. You know, it takes up about that much space in the hymnal yeah. <laughs> and tells, you know, the whole story. But but I love the the stuff that Matt, the three Matts are writing, Boswell, Papa, Merker. Um, His mercy is more. That's one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Mm-hmm. Come behold the wondrous mystery. I, I better stop. I better stop. <laughs> You asked what my one was, and I gave you like 27. It's an impossible question for a hymnophile like yourself. So we're sorry that we gave you such a hard question there at the end. But <laughs> those not are really all. sorry. But no. <laughs> uh, and I guess I'd have to add praise to the Lord, the Almighty. Oh, um, also a good one. To that one. I think we have episodes that, on almost all of those songs you mentioned. <laughs> that's, that's one I've actually, I've actually written a chorus to go mm. to the end of that song because not many people in our little Church of Christ world know that hymn because being four-part singers, the organ is what drove the writing of the bass and tenor parts and the alto parts mm. for that song. And there's a lot of foot movement for the organ player on that song. Mm. And so the bass part wanders all over the place. So I tried to simplify it a little bit, and I kept hearing this chorus at the end of it. But great lyrics, great time-honored hymn. Do you play the organ? No. Oh. <laughs> but whoever, whoever, wrote, whoever wrote Praise to the Lord the Almighty, um, and of course now I'm not going to be able to remember who it was, um, they, they did, definitely, wow. um, because the bass part screams of an organ organ line. Wow. Not that that's a bad thing. It's just hard to sing vocally. Yeah. Well, we kind of... And all the songs we've, we've talked about really today are singable, mm-hmm. instantly accessible, and many of them public domain. So you could go to your church tomorrow and sing them. Yeah. Excellent. So I think that's helpful. Very helpful. Very helpful. Well, we love all those songs. Some of them I don't know, and I'll definitely look up after this. Um, but yeah, we might we might be extra thirsty and put our links to the episodes we talked about in, in the description so folks can check it out. But um, if you're listening, make sure you follow DJ at Instagram with two M's. And, uh, or check out his work at fearlessforyou.com. DJ, thank you so much for being on the show. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Great to be with you. Keep up the good work. It's been great. Thank you so much.